before you. This morning I, I talked just before communion here. But the love that God has for us as his children, as his sons and daughters. Last week as we dove into the book of Ruth, what we were really talking about, and what we're going to be talking about these coming weeks, is the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Romans 8.28, Paul writes, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Isn't it encouraging to know, church, that God loves you, that God is on your side as his son and his daughter? No matter how bad you feel, no matter what's happened in your past, how bad you feel, how discouraging perhaps life might be at this point, or discouraging as you turn on the news, life might seem, right? The truth remains. Nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. Romans 8, 38 and 39, I am convinced, Paul writes, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is, that God will love us unconditionally no matter what we do in this life. That God still loves you. And it doesn't matter who it is that, that you can think of in the world today. God loves them, even if you struggle to love them. Amen? And so here's our truth today. Here's what I want you to remember. God loves you. God is with you. And God can be trusted. Sounds very familiar to, similar to what I said last week, but... It's a little bit different. God loves you. God is with you. And God can be trusted. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so this morning, as we continue to read in the book of Ruth, we're going to continue to consider the sovereignty of God. That God has absolute knowledge. God has absolute authority. And God has absolute power. I say that again, the sovereignty of God, that God has absolute knowledge, he knows all things. God has absolute authority, he has the authority to do all things, and God has absolute power. Not only does he know how to do them, has the authority to do them, he can do it at any moment. And he has the power to do all things, absolute power. So we're looking at Ruth 1, just a little... Uh, Summary of what we read last week. The land of Bethlehem was experiencing a great famine in the land. It wasn't enough food. This family had decided to go and live in the country of Moab, a very evil nation because of a very evil people that lived there. But once in Moab, the patriarch of the family, Amalek, dies. He leaves behind his wife, Naomi. And his two sons. So there's Naomi and the two sons. And so when the father, Amalek, when he passes away, the two sons, they have to dig in because now they're responsible not only for caring for their, their own lives, but also for caring for their 
mother. And so they do so very well, but then they find two women. They find two wives in Moab. I have to believe that both Ruth and uh, uh, Orpah were good women, even though they lived in an evil nation among an evil people, that they were good women that these two sons married. So now we've got Naomi, we've got the two sons, we've got Orpah and, and, and Ruth, their two wives, and the five of them are living life together in Moab. But less than ten years later, Scripture says that both the two sons die as well. Naomi, now a widow living in Moab with her two widowed daughters in law, they must make a very tough Decision as to what they are going to do next. These women, they are grieving. Emotionally, they, and relationally, they are broken. They didn't have husbands to provide for them, and so because of the day and age they were living in, they were financially broken. And they were surrounded by a country, a people group, that embraced all sorts of evil. The situation, as I look at it here in the first few verses of the book of Ruth, it seems very dire for Naomi and for her two daughters-in-law. However, if Naomi could have just simply seen a glimpse of what God was doing, if Naomi could have seen just a, a few years down the road at what God was about to do, if Naomi had the, the privilege of knowing what we know today about her daughter-in-law Ruth, about her lineage, about the future, if Naomi could have just had a glimpse of the future that God was preparing, her situation would not have seemed dire at all. And she would have known not only that her situation wasn't dire, but that it was simply a season, maybe a difficult, maybe a very tough season, in the midst of a great plan that God was working out among her. Naomi was grieving, yes. But she would journey this path ahead, going with the Lord, walking with God, beside her because she believed that God loved them that God was with them and that God could be trusted so even though Naomi didn't see the future she didn't know what was about to happen she simply doubled down and secured on this very fact that God I know you love me God I know that you are with me God I know that you can be trusted so I'm going to move forward with you so we pick up Ruth chapter 1 verse Six. When she, that is Naomi, heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her two daughters-in-law prepared to return home from their home being Bethlehem. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living in Moab, and she set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah, that is Bethlehem. So, so, so Naomi hears that there's food in Bethlehem. She hears that God is now providing for his people back in Bethlehem. The famine is over. 
And upon that news, she makes this decision, almost immediate decision, almost immediate action now, and she decides to return to her home nation in Bethlehem, to return to her own people group, the Jewish people, God's people in Bethlehem. Now, recognize that Naomi's decision to return to Bethlehem, Naomi's decision to return to her people, this was guided by the Lord. This wasn't just something that she woke up and said, you know what, God, I don't care what you have to say. I'm not going to listen to you at all. I'm just going to go back to Bethlehem because there's food there. It's so important, it's so vitally important that we learn to discern the voice of God. And when we discern the voice of God, that we obey the voice of God over us. That's what Naomi is doing here. God led Naomi in this decision because she was walking with him. And because God is sovereign. Because God had a plan. And he still has a plan today. Now note that even though God is sovereign, he has absolute knowledge, he has absolute authority, and he has absolute power. This is, this is often misunderstood to say this, that... Although God is sovereign, he has absolute everything, he doesn't force us to make decisions against our will. He gives us that choice to make every moment of every day, whether we are going to listen to him, whether we are going to strive to discern his voice, to walk obediently with him, or we're going to turn our backs and go against his will for our lives. Naomi chose to listen to God's leading and to be obedient to his call. Let's read that again a little bit further this time. When she, Naomi, heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her two daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, verse 7, she left the place where she had been living. She set out on the road that would take them back into the land of Judah. Verse 8, then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show favor and kindness on you as he has shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant each of you that you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them, she wept out loud, and she and said to her, we will go back with you. And they wept out loud, I'm sorry, they wept out loud, and they said to her, we will go back with you to your people. Now, first, Orpah and Ruth, they decide to go to Bethlehem in, 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 in Bethlehem. But not very far down the road, right? So we got Ruth, or Naomi setting out, her two daughters-in-law with her. They're setting out to the land of Judah. She turns to them just a few, few miles down the road. She says, no, 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 you guys got to go back. Go back to Moab. I made, a, I made a, a bad decision here. You guys need to go back because you need to find husbands. You need to be cared for. Go back to your land. Go back to your people. They said, no, 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 we're not going to go. We're going we're to stay with you, Naomi. We're going to walk this road with you. But not far into the journey, as she urges them to stay in Moab, verse 11, Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would anyone come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who, who could become your husbands? No. Return home, my daughters. 
I'm way too old. I added the word way, but she's really old, right? I don't know. To have another husband. Even if I thought I would, there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight, and then I gave birth to sons. What are you going to, wait until they grow up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It's, it's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this they wept out loud. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Understand what's going on here. There's this, these three women weeping together on the road to Judah, somewhere in between Moab and Judah, somewhere between Moab and Bethlehem. They're weeping together. They're still grieving the loss of their husbands together. Naomi says, I'm not married, and I'm not going to have any more children. Even if I did, even if there was a miracle, and I had a, another son that, that one of you or both of you could, could marry, there's no, there's no way you're going to wait for them to be old enough. I mean, it's logical thinking. Naomi says, God's hand is against me. She doesn't say she doesn't trust him. She just said, for some reason, I don't understand the plan. I don't understand why, but God's hand clearly is against me. My husband has, has, has deceased. My two sons have died. Clearly God's hand is against me. And this is very bitter for me. But it's more bitter for me than for you. So go back, go back to your land, go back to Moab. Everything's going to be okay for you there. Leave whatever this, this curse that God has on my life, leave it with me and you go back to your people. Go back to your land. So they start to weep. They start to mourn. Orpah turns back. She starts to return. Ruth clings to Naomi. She doesn't want to leave her. She doesn't want to leave her on this road alone, so she clings to her. Naomi says, your sister-in-law is going back to her people, her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Powerful words, friends. Powerful words spoken. Again, on the road between Moab and Bethlehem, as Ruth says, no, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to the people of Moab. I know that the evil that exists there, I'm not going back to the gods that I used to worship. No, see, this is a conversion. A conversion of Ruth. Right there on the road that we're reading about. My God, or your God, she says, will be my God. I'm receiving the blessing. I'm receiving, and I'm going to walk obediently, Naomi, with your God. We could talk all about the, the lifestyle that Naomi must have led before her daughter-in-law to lead her to, to the faith in God. We could talk about that for, 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 for weeks to come, but instead... I simply want to focus in on that conversion that's going on here. And I want to focus in on the friendship, 
the loyalty that Ruth had toward Naomi, and she expresses on that day. See, Ruth makes a choice. Right here we read about She makes a choice that day that would change the course of her life. She makes a decision that's not only going to affect Naomi and herself, but a choice that will affect our lives and the entire world for generations to come. Still affecting our world today because of this decision that Ruth made on the, on the road to Bethlehem. See, this is what happens when we open ourselves up to God. His will, His way for us. When, when we allow our lives, simply by walking with Him, simply by, by striving to be, as best we can, obedient to God, we allow our lives to intersect with the sovereignty of God. Well, God, I, I, I don't know why you're doing this. God says, follow me anyway. Well, God, I, I, don't, I don't really like that situation. I don't like how it looks. I don't like how it sounds. I don't, I don't think I like what's going to happen if I follow that path. But God, you're telling me to follow that path. Maybe, God, you made a mistake. And God says, no, that's my sovereignty. Sometimes you've got to walk through it so you can see, you can see the, the glory on the other side. You can see the blessings on the other side. That's what Ruth is doing with Naomi. Ruth makes that choice. And when we allow ourselves to make choices in line with the, the will and way of God, we open ourselves up and our lives intersect with his sovereignty. Ruth makes that statement. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. It's a genuine conversion of Ruth. And her statement of commitment to God, your people, which are God's people, will be my people. And your God will be my God. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. The women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? I tried to imagine what a stirring of women might be like. In the town of Bethlehem. Why are you laughing? Why did everyone start laughing when I said that? First I pictured this like joyful, you know, homecoming. It's Naomi and the women are, you know, screaming and laughing and crying and embracing her. And then on the other side of that, I, I read this statement, could this be Naomi? And I read, you know, and I read into that, that statement there, you know, a, a joyful welcoming of Naomi, you know, because they recognized her to a degree, but then some of them stepped back and said, wait, 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 could this really be Naomi? There's something different about Naomi and not in a good way. Could this really be Naomi? See, it appears that Naomi and her family, they are well known in Bethlehem. Otherwise, they wouldn't have greeted her as she enters back in. But after she returns from being away, Again, about 10 years, we can put that timeline on it. The women of the town are in a frenzy as Naomi returns. But then Naomi makes this request of the women to no longer call her pleasant, but now to call her by a different name, which means 
bitter. Verse 20, don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Remember, Ruth th or Naomi thought the hand of the Lord was against her, that there was some sort of curse against her, that God was, was punishing her perhaps in some way. She says, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Instead, call me Mara, which means bitter, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth. Her daughter-in-law arrived in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. They have returned to Bethlehem, which means house of bread. Just as the barley harvest was beginning right after the famine had ended. Is this a coincidence? I don't think so. God is moving, and these two women have allowed their lives to intersect with God's sovereignty. These two women are about to witness His sovereignty firsthand as He does powerful, amazing, wonderful things among them. God loves you. Do you believe that, church? God loves you. God is with you. And God can be trusted. But the question is, are we, are we trusting in the sovereignty of God even when we cannot see? Even when we cannot understand? Even when we cannot comprehend His plan in our Lives. Each one of us, we can, we can think of situations over the years where it seems as though we are in desperate need. We are, we are in dire situations, and yet, as we look back, we realize God's sovereign hand has moved in some powerful, powerful ways. If we remain obedient, if we simply listen for His voice and listen to His voice. Are you trusting in the sovereignty of God, even when you don't like the situation or you can't comprehend the path ahead? Know that God's plan is in motion and you are in his sight. Know that he has not forgotten about you, never will forget about you. And know that there is nothing that could make him ever stop loving you. See, I believe that Naomi and Ruth were fully trusting in God. That's why they returned to Bethlehem together. Still, Naomi enters Bethlehem, and she's greeted by the women of the city. She openly shares her emotions. She says, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Can we be that honest with each other? See, I, I, I believe that that's what the church is, is supposed to be built upon. Honest relationships. Honest, open relationships to one another. Authentic, as we read each week. Authentic relationships with each other. That we can be open and honest in everything of our lives with one another. That we can be accountable and we're willing to be accountable to each other in our authentic 
relationships. We see Naomi being completely open, completely honest, completely authentic in the presence of the women of the city. Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I, I went away filled, I came back empty. May we be open and honest. That's what's necessary in the church today. Open and honest with the people around us. I pray that, that, we, can, that we can confess when we're struggling, when we're going through a hard season of life, that we can confess to each other. And that we're open to the encouragement that one another bring into our lives. That we can admit that we are in need of encouragement. Having a community of people who have authentic relationships with each other, open and honest communication, in very difficult times, see, that's what the church should be based upon. Amen? Amen. So I've got a song this morning. I'm going to play this, this uh, 1970 song in just a minute. We're going to play this 1970 song. As this song is played, I want you to think about this. Now, this is a secular song. Now, all of, all of you know this. This is not a, this is not a, a church song, right? Okay? But here's, here's my question. So often, we see relationships outside the church. Just stick with me for a minute. We see relationships, a lot of relationships outside the church, much healthier than the relationships inside the church. And that's heartbreaking. It's not just heartbreaking to me, it's heartbreaking to God. So I'm going to play this song here, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a song that has to do with relationships. And I just want you to think about, think about the relationships in your own life. Think about the relationships in your own life. Think about the relationships that you have with each other. In the church, think about if there's if there's anyone that the Holy Spirit would bring to your mind and your heart today that you need to uh, that you need to reconcile that relationship with. So let's play that song, Jeremy. It's a good one.